Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Uh, a 12. Oh, that's pretty good. I think we could work with a 12. It's all right. It's a solid <laughs> all right. It's a step up from your test roll, which was a one. (laughs) It was a hard one on the test. It's true. Always got to find the silver lining. You know, life is just about slow improvement sometimes. We're going to work our way up to that 20. I love this. That's some good advice here right at the top. Thank you so much, Anne. (laughs) Well, welcome back, everybody. So now, as is the tradition, my sister (laughs) has left. Yeah, I'm, again. I'm thinking that we should, maybe we should do this episode like uh, like Smart Stuff with Justin McElroy and Roman Mars, mm. where the asynchronous podcasting, where maybe we should just leave some breaks and just go like, hmm, interesting. And then Brittany ah. can edit herself in later. I love this. <laughs> the next time this goofy shit starts happening, that's what we're going to do. That's what we'll start implementing, just so that the person who is away knows you will have to give us some sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's a great idea. So yeah, I had my time over at um, Higginstaff LA. It was great. I learned so much. I mean, the role wouldn't suggest it. But you know, like you said, small improvements. Mm-hmm. Brittany has wandered off into the Forbidden Woods to, I think, <laughs> learn some stuff. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully she comes back. She comes back alive. Hope- she may come hopefully back. Hopefully she comes back, period. <laughs> <laughs> But much like Brittany going off into the woods uh, to fight a bear or whatever she's going to do, mm-hmm. and uh, and and like us building up to a really good role via a twelve, mm-hmm. our 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 guys have have leveled up to level three. Way to go! They did all this, of course, off screen. Um, but mm-hmm. we can do a quick rundown. I wrote them down, so we'll do a quick rundown of what what they all chose. This yeah. doesn't mean much to me as a person who hasn't played Dungeons and Dragons for. 20 years um <laughs> we gotta we gotta fix that one yes of these days. we really do what are we doing with ourselves argo chose the swashbuckler mm-hmm. uh line of work love very it very appropriate think, yes very fitting uh fitz is the path of the wild soul mm, love and then mr fearbulg chose the circle of the forest and they get a bunch of kind of cool additional skills uh, yeah. on top of that uh, you know, I, I I did enjoy Travis telling Clint like, oh, you know, this is what it's like when you're with people who are magic <laughs> users and you get you don't get anything cool. But cunning action, cunning yeah. action is very useful in combat. And so is uh, I forget what the audacious courage or something like that. Yeah. The, the audacity one um, being able to, to sneak attack as long as a creature is on their own. Absolutely. That's also that is very Assassin's Creed and cool. Yes. Just that quick hand movement and gotcha yeah so you shouldn't underestimate being being a rogue over a magic Mm -hmm. user yeah whenever i play any sort of fantasy game where i get to you know whether it's an mmo or what i'm usually choosing a rogue or a magic user so i'm like Mm -hmm. i i appreciate both of these schools and i can't wait to see what they do with them and i i'm very excited for the first time that uh fitzroy decides to use detect magic and glows and they're trying to figure (gasps) out which which magical orb glow color (laughs) means what 
Yeah, that's that's for just like a fun hangout night. They can be like, okay, now try this one. <laughs> They're writing it down on their own personal murder board. I like it. This this the yeah, you're right. This could be a great party activity. Yeah. You just have him keep doing detect magic, and you just keep handing him stuff uh-huh. so he changes colors. It's like be like, okay, now that one. Okay, green means <laughs> or he's he's basically becomes like those uh, those light balls they used to sell at Spencer's Gifts. You know, that, that oh, was I... like your first your first. Uh, teen rave in your bedroom (laughs) i like it and i think you're right now uh their dorm room just got way more festive indeed (laughs) but we don't start out in our dorm room this time we are all on the bus on the way to town (laughs) yes they are all they are all going into town because they have finally gotten uh via via some interestingly complicated bureaucracy that travis gave us which was fascinating i'm so glad that he has that he has gotten that that into the details of exactly how the school functions and who's who does what function at the school but they've been assigned to go out into the world and go on their first real world mission yeah i mean you touched on it and bravo travis I'm with Justin, my eyes glazed over during the like <laughs> the end of his description of what what we were doing. I, and I think I got it confused because I was like, okay, wait, so they gave us all this money just mm-hmm. to do this thing. So I didn't even realize first we shop, of course. Yes. Then we'll do our job. First you gotta <laughs> get cute because you can't solve a dispute between mine workers and the mine boss if you ain't cute. <laughs> that's all that's all Travis had to say, and then I would have known. Yeah, and I, I'm proud of him for for finding a way to integrate the concept of how important economical stuff is in this universe. With you he know, like you can't it. just go and punch a monster in the face. You you've got to get the accounting right. Yeah. Um. So I, I I I think that that's a really interesting take, even if your brain does start to gloss over on the math portion. Yes. But that's okay. And it's yes. not. It is actually less complicated than it sounds. It really is. The second time I listened, I was like, okay this isn't so just like I'm about to wander off and do something Mm -hmm. else in the middle of this description. So yes, if you only listen to it once, dear listeners, just give even that portion another listen through and it'll be a little bit more clear, I think. Basically, they're just trying to teach them responsible spending and how to use a credit line without going over how much you can actually pay by spending money you don't have and won't have in the future, which is the sort of thing that, frankly, they should be teaching in real world schools. I was about to say the same thing. I agree 100%. And then maybe my eyes wouldn't have glazed over and I would have been like, (laughs) of course, this is such a good thing to teach our young people. Important advice. Mm Mm-hmm. But first... Shopping. First, <laughs> let's get our shop on. This is basically our Hogsmeade getaway. Mm-hmm. You you leave the school, you get your stuff together, pack a little bag, and first we're gonna go to <sighs> fucking Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I mean, <laughs> it's genius. Yeah, and actually, wait, we have to rewind for a second because now we're talking oh, about naming. Me, yes. And we yes. did skip over. We did. We just skipped right over. <laughs> You're one trying note. to come up a way <laughs> to like <laughs> to like have a discussion about what we're going to call the fear bulb, so what that is this episode in world and out of world, yeah, that it that it's easier. 
And yes, you, you're correct. I did tell you beforehand that my <laughs> one note for this section is just Dr. Mushrooms. That's it. Um, which sounds like the ravings of uh, someone who is doing mushrooms out of context. but <laughs> Or it sounds like somebody who's going to go to a rave and provide you mushrooms. Yes. Yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely wear like a, one of those metallic uh, jackets and a big top hat <laughs> with goggles on it. Here and, comes Dr. Mushrooms. Fitz, Fitz will be in the corner providing the lighting. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is all just happening in their dorm room. <laughs> but I, I am glad that they had this conversation because, I mean, obviously, if it's if it's sort of inconvenient for us, um, or yeah. challenging, I should say, rather than inconvenient, to talk about yeah. his character that in the universe and for them on the show, that it's a little it's a little hard to try to figure out. Um, I I did also like Rainier slash Travis's suggestion of U Y E W, but in an audio medium, maybe not. <laughs> Might get a little confusing. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I I I do like the possibility that this could just become a bit that they just keep coming up with different, yeah. you know, whatever episode they're in. It's a different name. Absolutely. <laughs> Who knows what it's going to be next time? I did also appreciate Fitzroy jumping right in with Rainier and being like, oh, uh, you think you're just going to roll up here and come up with a name? We've been doing this for for a month now. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I think I was mentally inserting a cutscene montage that was just them doing all kinds of ordinary things and and just shouting different names, names at him. Oh, I love and that. And him being yeah. like, no, <laughs> every time. <laughs> A bunch of mm, no, the very occasional. This is fine. Yeah, like but Fitz sitting bolt upright stick. in the middle of the night. <laughs> Argo sticking his head out of the shower. Love it, <laughs> just constantly. Oh my god, Anne. Yes, this is so cute. <laughs> if I ever have time to draw again, that's that's a lie. I've been drawing a bunch lately, and it's been very fun. Maybe maybe I'll have to draw this. I like this idea. <laughs> so how about this one? Oh, I thought of one. It is going to make the the layout of the wiki page for his character kind of Ooh, a nightmare, but I'm sure true. they'll figure it out. Well, yeah, they're good. I believe in them. They've got that. So now our dear friends, our hero and villain and their hench people and their sidekicks are all going to Barnes and Nobles because this is the world we live in now. Yeah, I mean, you can't leave a McElroy alone with the possibility of a pun. You just can't. You can't. Well, and I think the funny thing for me is also like, it drives me crazy when people call it Barnes and Nobles because there's no S at the end of Noble. So like I, <laughs> even when I first said it, I was like Barnes and Noble. That's the name. But now I have to say Barnes and Nobles. You've made me do it, Travis. He got you. <laughs> he fucking got me, Trav. Yeah, I, I I love the mental image of the the way they start the scene is that Fitzroy sees this cloak through mm. the window yes. and just is what what did he's in there like swimwear have you ever heard that before did Gri- was this never a griffinism before. is this I, an original <laughs> it, it very well could be i've never heard it before i like it i might use it yeah i like it also i think i think it should become it should become a thing yeah this could be little... one of the one of the contributions and of course immediately after griffin griffin makes fun of barnes and nobles because he's given <laughs> he's given the world fantasy costco <laughs> Which did inspire a generation. He was correct it about did. that. He was correct. So maybe maybe this can be his contribution mm. in this arc. Can be this this phrase taking off. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Travis has to. Travis just has to work on a theme song for Barnes and Nobles. Somebody's got to come up with one, and then oh, then I'm yeah. sure that it will be equally as beloved. That that is what does it. Like it's one thing to come up with a. Uh, just some establishment in which to sell your magical wares. It's another when you give it such a great name. Mm-hmm. It's an, and 
another when you can put it to a tune. Gotta have a jingle. Then it just, it sticks with you. You never forget it. Got, you know, that your, your cars for kids or your Menards, oh, you, you know, and yep. they, they just get in there and you can't ever get away from them. And that's what that's some what they need. Them, some of them are better than others. This is very true. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully Barnes and Nobles will get a good one. <laughs> so when they when they start the scene and they're discussing the aspects of this cloak, which yeah. it's pretty clear that that Fritz is, is going to buy. I mean, he's he's of seen course. it. He is going to buy it immediately. He doesn't even he care how much to. it costs. Mm mm. The cloak of the cloak of classy, <laughs> <laughs> and and so we do I find out like to say that across the back. I know it doesn't, yeah, but like how much say, funnier would that be? Like on the the equivalent of the butt of the cloak, it just yeah. says classy, like in sequins. <laughs> yes, I mean we don't look. know that it doesn't say that. To be honest, it might have to say that. <laughs> they did not specify. You're correct. Yeah, and it 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 so it adds to charisma, but we don't. We don't get like a huge description of what it looks like, which of course, yeah. As a, I mean, I hate to use the words ex cosplayer, as a retired as a cosplayer, sleeping uh, cosplayer, <laughs> sleeping cosplayer. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of them, to be honest. That's true. God, everybody's everybody's every, very tired. So tired. Um, but yeah, like I was immediately like, okay, wait, no, you have to tell us what it looks like because of course people okay. are gonna people are gonna want this cloak. So we do know that it's it's. A capri capri length cloak, I guess, because it shows off his calves. So it must that, be sort of. Yeah. And, I mean, and, that's what you would think. But then he yeah. did say it was impossible. So, yeah. Well, no, but it's it is possible. I mean, it's kind of like it's like a Lando jam, right? You know, it's it's um oh, not right. short, guess... but it can be like short or like I think it could probably be longer than that. You can see the Hobbit's legs, can't you? And um, in Lord of the Rings. Yes, I thought he was saying it was impossible because it would cover them, but mm. I see what you're saying is it's it seems impossible that a cloak, regardless of length, would show off your calves. But yeah. I like this idea that it's it is short enough yeah. that you would still see them. I was continuing to picture <laughs> a very long cloak that was covering them completely and that was why you wouldn't be able to appreciate them. But yeah. I think this is a good marriage. Yeah, I think it's got to be like, and it's not uncommon for capes or cloaks to be that length. Like, oh, it's not. not at all. I mean, especially because the problem is like the reason that they were short, um, or it may have been shorter, like back in the day, is that if it's longer, it can like drag in the mud, and if you oh, get the edges sure. of your garment in the mud, they finally figured out was like making people sick because there was stuff mm-hmm. in the mud that wasn't mud because there were horses. Yep. So, and that was a bad, that's my little, my little sawbones moment of the garment design sometimes having to change because it was a, it was a public sanitation concern and a health concern. So it's not, it's not buck wild to have it be shorter. It's less dangerous that way. It's less likely to get caught in something. Um, And I think it's going to look cuter that way. It's definitely going to look cuter because we've got to be able to see those, those lovely gams. Yes, I'm with you. Well, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he also did describe it as being marigold. Yes. That was the one detail he gave us, he gave us later. Which if you don't know, I mean, you should probably just look up the color marigold if you don't know what it is. It's it's like a warm yellow. It's It's, golden. Yeah. It's sort of verging towards orange, but not quite. Yeah. Um. So it's like a, you know. It's a flashy little cloak he's got. It is. And it definitely does say classy on it, the back. It definitely sequence. sparkles and says classy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we have just decided. This is what happens it's... when you don't thoroughly describe it, is that you leave mm-hmm. this up to people who are who are absolute monsters, but who are completely capable of making this a reality. <laughs> bingo, bingo, 100%. Always describe your stuff or we will do it for you. <laughs> so that was his 
His first yes. purchase. We gotta get in here. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, Argo was interested in some something to replace or at least work in tandem with the sword he sort of nicked up in the dungeon mm-hmm. the other day. So did he get a, I wrote down Florence? Yeah. Is it a sword? Yes, it's a sword, okay. and and its special feature of it being not just a sword is that, and I had to listen to the description twice, because yeah. I was a little tired, and I was like, I'm not quite sure if I'm visualizing this right. Yeah. But so, it's got, like, a wider-than-normal, like, guard for the handle, mm-hmm. and it has these crystal spheres, one on either end of that, so, like, these crystal ball mm. kind of things, and those represent these two charges that you can use that give you a plus three to attack. So then you've basically got two magic charges in your sword that you can use um, per day before they have to like recharge themselves. So you use these little, like this one sphere represents one charge to use it Love once. Love it. Okay. I think the spheres was where I was getting thrown off. Yeah. That makes way more sense. I was picturing like, like, you know how you'll see a Final Fantasy villain and they have just like <laughs> orbs floating around them that like, yeah. this one's going to keep healing them. This one uses fire. Yeah. I was like, are they floating? No, no. I yeah. And I was now. thinking like uh, equipping materia into the blade of yeah. the of the sword but it, it is that same it well it's not the same concept but a similar concept but it's, similar. But it's like semi decorative which which i yeah. think that's a cool like i i like the idea of that that could be a really cool prop so i'm always like whenever somebody describes something i'm yes. always thinking about it in reality i don't know what this means about me as a person but <laughs> it means you're a, a creator who makes beautiful things <laughs> and you're that's just where your mind goes how how do you how do you produce this how do you make this yeah reality yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to see it on cosplayers and mm-hmm. just, yeah, people who like prop making. Yeah. And and hopefully at some point there's going to be a good Florence in the Machine. Uh, of wordplay. course. Of course. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I have to find a machine he can stab with it. <laughs> mm. uh, you never know. We did get a couple of you those never know. in balance. That's very true. It's very true. Some <laughs> robots, maybe. You never yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm always hoping a robot shows up. <laughs> Maybe just in the test dungeon so it doesn't have to die if you stab it with this uh, with this beautiful sword. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of unexpected things showing up in a fantasy universe, can we stop just briefly and talk about the image of effectively, like, if, if this was an animation or an animatic of just cutting away that suddenly Justin is there in the background <laughs> looking at windbreakers? <laughs> oh, my God. This was... <laughs> I laughed so hard. I forget what I was even doing the first time I was listening to it, but it was like, Jesus Christ, I was laughing so hard. I know Brittany told us she was too. Yeah. These are the moments you need. Well, and, uh uh-oh, you know what I just thought of. Mm. This does connect the balance world to this one. I mean, they're all connected because of all these multiple universes and whatnot, apparently. But maybe this is in the um, Tessaralia world because... Clint McElroy had to pick up Justin McElroy from Barnes and Nobles, <laughs> and we all know that Clint McElroy was a um, an embezzling janitor in yes. in that universe. So, just saying. Yes, I also thought of that. It is oh, it's, it's all good. Connected. Okay, it this is, is this is now like the the equivalent of the Stanley cameo in the MCU. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> go. One of, the, one of the McElroys it's- accidentally <laughs> being in their own fantasy world. Oh, I love this. That's absolutely what it is. <laughs> but yeah, I I really uh, I Griff think was an of, amnesty. Yeah, Sorry. that's true. <laughs> I I think of of everything that um that I so far that I was like, oh man, I really want like an animation of that. This this oh scene God, in particular, I, I was like, yes, this this is very good. <laughs> I, I have to I have to suck it up and learn how to do animatics. <laughs> 
Right? Uh, there's Instead so of just waiting stuff. for the universe just to provide like, for me unfairly. <laughs> somebody very lovely and talented, please make this so I can laugh at it. <laughs> what if I make it so I can laugh at it? Oh, goodness. Yeah, we also, we also in, in terms of things being connected... Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Uh Tom and Jerry are here. Oh, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, brother and sister, Tom and Jerry. Well, Tom family. and Geraldine, I guess. Yes. But <laughs> it is Jerry. <laughs> she does go by Jerry, which I love. Uh yeah, very cute. Uh so I mean, I guess that is another cartoon cat. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, is this our cartoon cat? I don't know. Or is this uh, a, an unrelated it- goof? Yeah. Because it, it could just, be an unrelated goof. It could be. Or, but I guess if you think about it, uh, Garfield being our fantasy Costco cat, and then Heathcliff was our, like, I don't know, big magic weapons cat. Yeah, and yeah. now we have Tom, Tom our yeah. new so merch cat. Tom, Tom the Tabaxi is, yeah. I think this is I think this is it. I don't know if Tom's going to end up playing, like, a bigger role, but he's defo our cartoon goods cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry about it, but I also love it, which is generally how I feel about wordplay. <laughs> I, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I get it. Again, fucking Barnes and Nobles. We have it's gonna just keep happening. Yeah, sure is. Oh, what does our fear bull get? Oh, he gets uh He gets a couple of things because yeah. he's apparently not distracted around. by shiny objects. <laughs> For once. We have one person yeah, on this team. Yeah. So he gets camera glasses, which um they were the Spectacles of Sustaining, I believe was the Ooh. official name. Good on um, you. And it's a little more, you know, there's some complicated details, which, I'm again, I'm sure someone's going to put sure. on the wiki, so we don't have to really remember. But um, effectively, they're, they're, camera, they're camera glasses. Yeah. Um, which, aside from being, like, a, a cool thing that, you know, you can, you can use them in a universe where you don't have a phone and you can't be like, hang on, I've got to sketch this real quick. Sure. Um, if you need to have a photo of something, you, you can have a lasting image of, of, of something, uh, at least for a while. And also, it means that, um, I believe they were described as small and round, the mm-hmm. idea of, of uh, the Fearbulg wearing tiny little round spectacles is so cute. That's what I was thinking, too. So cute. Yes. And I like it because, of course, well, if he's still wearing them, if we do know that Fitz was wearing glasses as a fashion statement, Mm -hmm. at least earlier, I like to continue to picture him in glasses because glasses are very cute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And now we know, yes, the Freerbog has some, too. Yeah. And obviously, like, the best way to carry them with you without being worried about them getting broken would be to wear them. Whether you're going to use them immediately or not. Wear them on that sweet mug of yours. <laughs> it's especially funny because then it's going to seem like when they show up to lunch together, if he's just wearing them, that he was he was trying to, to bite Fitz's style that he's going to Oh, be like. yes. Like, <laughs> just picking up on some fashion cues. And, you know, I like this because I, I feel like even, you know, Fitz, he's a, he's a sweet boy. He would see this as like, oh, I'm such a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really starting some styles at this school. <laughs> Wearing glasses when you don't need them? That, that's one of mine. That's a that's a Fitz original. Yeah. He he definitely lean into it. Uh the Fearbulk also got a portable Gary. <laughs> Who I I believe they were saying is a fridge is also a fridge magnet. I think was what they were <laughs> That's where I couldn't tell if it was just stuff that Justin was goofing on or if he actually was I feel like I yeah, thought I wasn't he sure said either. magnet, maybe bottle opener. Uh, I forget. 
Well, it's, I love it's this some idea. version of like a small souvenir Gary, and I do, I do yeah. like. I mean, in most shops, like real world souvenir shops, it would also be a bottle opener or a magnet 100%. or something. Yes. Um, yeah, I I do like the idea that it that it serves some other function or possibly several. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is Gary. They're very helpful. That's what they're here for. So, yeah. like, that would be if you were the person, if I was the person manufacturing this portable Gary, it would be like, well, yes, it can answer three questions, but also Gary's so damn helpful. Let's put some fun extras in here. Yeah. Yeah. So at least it's like the um the classy cloak. This Gary also definitely bottle opener. <laughs> magnet temperature gauge yeah and he ultimately uh at the end of the scene he also gets um some glue which yeah. uh is specifically like you can roll to see how effective the glue is which is Love certainly what this. i feel like every time i'm trying to glue something weird <laughs> you just never know <laughs> i was um well bringing it back to cosplay for a second amazingly <laughs> guess who's back into it i was uh caulking a wig for the first time last night. I, mm. Like, it's a pigtail wig. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't want these going anywhere. So I'm going to try it. It was stuff that was just already in the house. So yeah. we'll see <laughs> if it's <laughs> actually going to hold. But that's how I felt. But, you know, reading, hearing this description, I'm like, oh, yeah. Also, same. Roll those dice. See if it holds. We'll find out. <laughs> and, and even then, he heard about the glue because... Leon was buying some. Yes, yeah. Leon was buying was buying a couple of things, which yeah. I, I don't know if that's typical for the NPCs to also go shopping, but I guess Travis didn't want to be left out, or there were some items that he wanted to make sure that they had in the future, <laughs> potentially oh, have be, access right. to. Um, yeah, I mean, I it's fine. I, I it, it was it was it surprised me a little bit, but yeah. not in a bad way. Yeah, I think it makes sense because it's like, oh yeah, you did <laughs> all get money, so it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't yeah. make sense if you know the other three just. Didn't spend any of their 200 gold. Yeah. Although it did lead to Travis referring to the NPCs as we, which I agree with Griffin is a little concerning. <laughs> a little like, no, is he too deep? Do we have to have him take a step back? Yeah. Travis, talk to me. <laughs> Can we talk to Rainier now? <laughs> well, and then we did get one more item. The, um, what are they? The oh, notebooks no, of far speech. Yeah. Yes. The notebooks of far speech, which I uh, love this idea too. The people who came up with these... You guys are so clever. Yeah, they were all very good. I, I, I almost sent in an item and then I wound up not having time to do it. And uh, I was like, you know what? I think that the people... There's still chance. I, there's so much. Um, I, I think that the fans have, have been so clever at coming up with something really cool. And not just cool like and funny, but something that ultimately useful. winds up being really useful. Yeah. Yeah. Useful and clever. And then sometimes, amazingly... Uh, you know can end up changing the course of the entire story who knows i mean these notebooks specifically may have been a travis offering i'm not i'm not certain did they did they credit a fan for this one i think they didn't but this is also like a because obviously they were going to need some or potentially going to need some equivalent of the stones of far speech and having them in this school setting be notebooks it's very cute i thought that was very very cute. cute yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit stones of far speech and a little bit uh, Tom Riddle's diary. I like it. <laughs> with yes. with a little bit less evil, hopefully. <laughs> yes, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll find out. Yeah. And the last bit of shopping is that Fitz <laughs> wants to buy a, a giant. Staff. He wants to buy a mall because a mall, an M-A-U-L, if you mm-hmm. were not familiar with the spelling of the weapon. Um, like the Sith Lord. Yes. Is safer than a sword. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Now, does he actually think it's a staff? Because he keeps talking over 
Jerry, I believe, is trying yeah. to tell him about the mall's properties. Yeah, I mean, and I he think... does say, I need a staff, and then keeps talking about it for his magic. Yeah, but... he wants to believe that that's what it is. Um, but basically, he's bought something along more along the lines of like a Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, I do like when he, he says that he, he picks the one with the most magical end. Like yes. whatever version of the the sort of head of it is the is the most magical looking, and my brain immediately was like the uh, the staff from uh, from Card Captor Sakura. <laughs> Ooh, love the, like, just cloud. instantaneously, yeah, yeah, the cloud, the cloud wand. Well, and I love that that's where your mind went because even just the way that this is all presented and him not listening to <laughs> the the fact that is a <laughs> that it is a mall and he keeps calling it a, a staff it reminds me of like when a little kid is like i need a staff this one's pretty i want this one and you're trying to tell them oh this is for bludgeoning people and they're yeah. like no no it's yeah. fancy yeah i love the idea that, that it's not really like the card captor soccer like magical girl wand but that's how he sees it in his head yeah you know that it actually looks like this kind of terrifying thing but when he <laughs> sees it it's like sort of all oh, sparkly sparkly vision i um, like this also i'm <laughs> always here to lean into some magical girl elements and nobody now can convince me to not equate fitzroy with magical girl <laughs> stylings that's my new thing well it is now kind of a, it. it's kind of a similar concept on some level because he's going along with his regular life and then boom magic that he's got to deal sudden, with so you know it's true there are some parallels just saying and he does have a cute little magical familiar now and he does have a an adorable marigold cloak and he does have a, a knot there where is it what is this cat <laughs> listen all of these things He's there's there's shiny Bishan and bubbles around him. There's sparkles. He's gonna pose in front of a big crescent moon. I'm here for it. Huh. Next time he comes into town, he can get his knee high boots and um his little skirty outfit, and I'm excited about it. It's <laughs> gonna look so good. It's gonna be so cute. Uh, but that's for next time. For now, we have a quick commercial break, and then <laughs> it's off to the bar. We've got a lead on where this mine owner is. Yes. So they have gone to the tavern Springs Eternal. Genius. Where they get into a long, fairly long conversation with Barb, the bartender, who has a hawk yeah. familiar. Most Love. of which does not have to do with where the the mine owner actually is in this bar. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is fine. This is <laughs> yeah, it does give our um, sidekicks and hench people a chance to do what they are supposed to do, which is make the first moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You know, to give the heroes a chance to, you know, it, it leaves a buffer for the heroes. Do they need to come in and save? Yes. Or do they need to just gather intel later? And they're they're practicing their very important social skills. Yes. Uh, which in this case is Fitz managing to get a free beverage by insisting yeah. he's an influencer. <laughs> and I, I like I admit to having enormous curiosity about what exactly being an influencer means in this fantasy universe. How do yes. they have blogs? How does how, this work? How what is fantasy Instagram like? I, I just want to know everything. Like, I, I'm not saying like that's not possible. But no, no. I, I now I just want to know what that corner of the universe looks like. <laughs> we need these details. Yes. Well, and you know, I bet his adorable cape helped him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You flip that cape, you spin. Yeah, for sure. You can convince anybody. Anybody looks at this boy walking in and they're going, mm, that is that is an influencer. That Somebody guy? who can pull off that look. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. They must be somebody. They're definitely somebody. You can give them a free yerba mate. 
it's not working. The social skills are not working nearly as well, I would say, for the Fearbulk or for Argo. Because uh, Justin's the one he winds up going in first and then having uh, to say, like, wait, no, this is this is bad, though. This is the which, wrong person <laughs> to do this, which is true. It uh, is true. It was a good attempt. <laughs> it was. And if you keep it within the, like, the fiction, if that is all legit how it happened, it was him walking up going... Uh, and then just looking at the others like, what are what are you doing? Why am I up here? Yes. And that's where, yes, his <laughs> friends roll in like, okay, you know what? Yes, I will get up here. We'll make some small talk. Yeah. And Argo, I think, saw how well it went with Fitz and was like, oh, no, now it's my turn. And he manages... <laughs> To just really creep some people out when they do Ugh. when they do go over to talk to the mine owner and the uh, I guess the head of the miners union or some equivalent thereof. Yes, uh, I, that was my impression. Right, there's like the mine boss and then the head of the head workers, of the workers union yeah, was yeah. how I had it written yeah. out. Um, I will say before we get all the way over to them, just for what it's worth, Barb's apprehension of the school is very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's just, true. Yeah. I yeah. liked that as a detail that there, the people in the town are suspicious yeah. of what's going on there and that maybe maybe it's not all above board and maybe it's not all a good idea at the, mm-hmm. at the very least. Exactly. You girls touched on this a little bit last time and I, I agree and I think this might be another little piece to maybe not everything is as it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sorry. I'm going to sidebar us for one more moment because okay. I there was something else that I was like, oh, I want to bring this up. When I was hearing you girls talk about it. So in the last episode, when uh, we learn about Fitz being part of a scam, it sounds like he's being yeah. scammed real hardcore. <laughs> my other thought was, what if it does end up all being real? That's kind of where my mind is. Like, it's certainly that possible. Also has a little yeah. play piece on the board that like, Interesting. we start getting into endgame stuff. And maybe, maybe, maybe this kingdom yeah. comes into play. Just saying, I think it would be very fun <laughs> if it sounds so, so scammy and ends up being real. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's interesting. We did we did not discuss that as a possibility, so. Yeah. So that's where I was like, "Ooh, I got to jump in there." You know, I was talking to my podcast app as <laughs> as I was listening, still thinking like I should be here responding and adding to it. So, I wanted to throw that in yes. before I forgot. Thank you for the uh, sidebar. Let's go back now to Gerald Reginald. Was that his name? Uh, Reginald have, something. I think uh now I don't I have remember Gerald and Candace written, but I, <laughs> it's, yeah, I know for it's sure Reginald. Reginald yeah. Because yeah. it's Reginald Orr. Yes. <laughs> so we learn what the problem even is here. Like, what even happened? And it turns out, as they were digging for ore, they went too far looking for another vein and ended up waking up freeing a beast. Mm-hmm. As, as happens, you delve too it, deep. I mean, this is always <laughs> the danger of digging into the earth. You, We don't know what's down there. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know. Don't be so bold. Happened to the dwarves in Middle Earth. You gotta be careful. You just, you never know. Did anybody else here read that, um, I think it's called Ted the Caver, like old school creepypasta? No. It's it's an interesting one. It, I do not if know you, this. If you get a little claustrophobic, <laughs> it might be hard to read. But yeah, it's just like this guy who goes caving and like, and it's all written out like a blog. It's very interesting. But of course, things don't necessarily go <laughs> great yeah, i would but say if it's, it's a creepypasta it probably doesn't end well <laughs> no not so much it was a long time ago i read it but that's you know you just again who who knows what's in these caves <laughs> who knows what's moving around down there so it turns out this time it was a zorn yes with more arms than you'd expect which i love as a descriptor <laughs> it's because a great descriptor like how many arms do you i mean i guess two is how many you expect i don't know these people live in a fantasy world they may right. see 
and I don't... non-average number of arms. Yeah. I mean, I I guess if you told me there was something that, like, swam through the earth and could eat crystals and stuff, I would expect four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got any anything upwards of three, I suppose, is going to yeah. be more than you would expect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the problem here is, is it yeah, the yeah. worker's fault for going too far and waking it up? Or is it the mind's <laughs> fault for telling them to do it? Yes, another inclusion of, of how thorough Travis has been Ugh. with making sure that this universe uh, is consistent. Um, this is really about the insurance claim rather than, oh, no, we need you to kill this monster. <laughs> right? Did he go to school for this stuff? Travis? Yeah. Um, You know, I don't... He was... Wasn't he a theater major? That's what I thought. And I think man. he did not uh, finish. And, and then he wound up running um, the Shakespeare Theater in Cincinnati for a while. Oh, okay. And I think that um, he was he was heavily doing business stuff there. So uh, that's probably why he has a little of bit of... Yeah, okay. some of that, some of that mindset, and I think he's probably done a fair amount of the business stuff for the podcast as well. So, you yeah. know what? That makes total sense. He's on that page, probably not having to deal with any large monsters and mines, though. I, I mean, you hope, <laughs> but you never know what's down there. You don't know what's living under a theater. Did anybody read that story, The Phantom of the Opera? You never know what's <laughs> living at the bottom of a theater. It's very true. It's very true. Could be anything down there. <laughs> you really could be. Uh, so, so the like you said, this is where our problem is. Who do we? Who who is going to take the blame here? Oh, we have a solve. The monster takes the blame here. Yeah, I thought when Argo started his suggestion that ultimately ended in why don't we blame the monster? I thought he was going to suggest that inconsistent uh, track with this universe that they blame the villain that they were with. <laughs> That oh. they blame Rainier um, oh. and have it be. And then, you know, Buckminster is going to come in and fight Rainier and then, you know, maybe somehow ah, problems. Although they still have a monster the... to deal with. But yeah, that's so funny. I never thought of that for a moment. <laughs> no, that's true. That would bring in this more of the uh, hero versus villain aspect to it. But mm-hmm. really, this is just like send a bunch of teenagers. I guess not teenagers. Send a bunch of young people, young, young people, 20 somethings to go solve a dispute. Between the mine and its workers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe at this point they had already decided uh, up top when they were in the wagon that maybe they should just work together. So I guess, you know, maybe they yes. felt like there was a better a better solution here to that would not, you know, that would put them at less risk if they continue Certainly. to work together. So I guess it does make sense. Um, yeah. But, but it did lead to the reality of it being pretty wild that they have decided that they need to serve a subpoena to this mm-hmm. monster. Slap it with a subpoena. <laughs> Deliver it, snap a pic with those new dope specs, and, you know, you got a case. You really zagged on us with this one. I did not... <laughs> really hard zag. It's true. Did not expect this. Uh, and <laughs> apparently neither did Travis. Did either. Yeah, no. I don't think he did. <laughs> But that's why we love these shows. That's why we listen. And uh, while they're here and figuring out what they're going to do, good on Fitz for keeping his eyes on the prize to get that paper. Being like, oh, you should probably give us a portion of uh, the payout Mm -hmm. when we solve this for you. 
That's our boy. He's he's maybe worryingly committed to being a villain because he's already working on his evil laugh. He's already after after the prize that um, that he's supposed to get because the 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 concept that they were they were introducing of how exactly this is going to be graded is that the hero's mission is pretty straightforward, but the the villain's mission is that they have to get something out of doing this. It can't yeah. just be a successful mission; they have to get something back. And this is immediately like this is a really elegant solution because they're still going to solve the problem, but they're yeah. going to benefit from it. Get so. something back. You know, it, it might sound worrying to some people. I'm like, this is a smart boy. You know, maybe he's really just committed to his studies and doing the best he can. Now, you know, he's <laughs> had a change of heart and he's he's just really going to give it his all here at this school. He definitely seems to be quite competitive. So that would track. Now, hang on. So hmm. were Buckminster and Rainier with them when they talked to... I think they were not. I think that they I were maybe so either, holding which is back. Even funnier. Yeah, I think they were. I think they were probably in the tavern, you know. But like, I, you could just sort of hang back near the door or something. Because again, yeah. it was this whole concept. A drink with Barb. Yeah, and I like this concept of. I mean, obviously, from a gameplay standpoint, if you have the hero and the villain take the lead, both of them are Travis. This is not going to be interesting. It's going to be Travis having a very long conversation with himself about the plot, and it's no fun yes. for the players. But it's also cool in the sense of the universe to have it be about plausible deniability that that these yeah, folks absolutely. can go in and kind of do the dirty work and if things go sideways it's not their fault. Yeah. Um I thought that was a he's Travis has continued to find some very elegant solutions to some things that could have been problems. Absolutely agree. And like turned them into like a benefit, like an interesting yeah. an interesting facet to this like universe. Plot points. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I asked because I didn't think they were, because then they have to then go back and tell them, oh, yes. we have to go find a barrister and get a subpoena to take to this thing. <laughs> so that's where I then wonder, would they have said something? <laughs> would the hero and villain have said something about this? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's go find a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not see now I'm just I can't even I I want to have a good segue <laughs> into this scene and I just keep thinking about them doing the small town lawyer voice and oh Griffin saying even I know you can't sue Azorn um I'm not going to do the small town lawyer accent <laughs> we can we can all play I'm no I don't do accents okay I never underestimate my power to say no but <laughs> mm. No but is a very good... Instead of yes and, I will Absolutely. say no but. It's a very good option. I know a lot of improvisers would be very disappointed in me, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> so amazingly, we're going to go talk to a barrister who <laughs> apparently goes along with all of this. He had an opening. He could get them in. I think it was There's a she, a... wasn't it? I think it was a gal. Oh. Um, I bet I believe you're it was, right. I believe Travis refers to her uh, refers to she but but she at any rate I mean this is certainly this per- the the most interesting day this person has probably had in a while maybe in not the while. best but most interesting for sure you know and and she she's a lawyer in a fantasy world and yeah <laughs> I still think this would be one of the most interesting days but you know we get it we get her subpoena we're really doing this <laughs> Fitz is going to leave a a Yelp review, which <laughs> is one of my favorite parts of this entire episode. It was so funny. I think Griffin's voice for Fitzroy is just, he's hes really understood this character. Yeah. I think this is another fine moment we get of Griffin ha- now having had to play tens of characters mm-hmm. very, very diligently. Uh, he's hes very good at 
being off the cuff and just coming up with whatever he needs to in the moment and delivering it so believably. He is definitely enjoying being extremely extra and just yes. chewing the scenery in every yeah. in every moment he has because he, he doesn't can... have to worry about anything. He can do that. Exactly. He gets to put all of this energy that used to be spread out very well between multiple characters and funnel it all into one very extra magical girl boy. And I am here <laughs> for it. <laughs> I appreciate it immensely. And Argo uses his rogue skills to steal mints, except he does get seen, but... <laughs> He's a rogue. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Like, well, what'd you expect? Argo, you're too cute. Oh, and Trav does let us know that um, Leon has been with them. He's just mm-hmm. he's very quiet. He's very shy. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it does seem like you might just be watching the train wreck happen. If this I, I was mean, your group project and you've got, like, the guy who's trying to lie about where this monster lives, the extra guy who's threatening to leave a bad Yelp review, and the rogue in the corner very awkwardly and very visibly stealing the mints, I think you might you might choose to just kind of... Lean back and see what happens. Right. And, you know, you're an upperclassman, if I understand correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you let them, this is a learning experience for them primarily. Mm-hmm. But for what it is worth, as we go back and meet up with Rainier and Buckminster, I'm going to do it again. And I apologize, everybody. But this is like in My Hero Academia. <laughs> there are three students. They're called the big three. And they're like the best, coolest ones at the school. And I was like, oh, that reminds me of Buckminster and Rainier and uh, Rolandas. Only in the show, they're all very sweet. And none of them are mm-hmm. as like. So they're all a little bit closer to Rainier. And then the one is very, very shy. So he's actually a little bit more like Leon. But anyway, so now I keep sort of picturing those three when <laughs> we're talking about like the, the heroes and the villains. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. People who people who know, the you you got it. You're with me. <laughs> and if you don't know, everybody should watch it. It's really good. Anyway, we do go back to our hero and villain where Argo then tries to give him these mints that he's just stolen <sighs> and lies saying that they're for protection. You can't do that yeah. in a fantasy world, Argo. No, you don't. You can't do that, dude. You can't. Don't do this. Don't do it. Hopefully this is a quick lesson for him to learn and he will go away wiser. <laughs> yeah, but now it's uh, time to face the monster, which is, in fact, time to face the end credits music because this was more of a lunar interlude and that is going to happen in the new year. Yes. We leave off on a little cliffhanger with mm-hmm. some magmen coming up on our heroes. Yep. A call to roll for initiative. Just where you want to leave it. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens next. Well, is there anything we forgot to mention that we want to break up now? Um, yeah, I, I had, uh, I think, one little detail, which is not particularly important, but uh-huh. um, they, when they first go into the tavern, uh, Fitz has this interaction with his crab where he oh, tries yeah. to get his crab to collect information for him. Uh-huh. And now I am convinced that at some point in the future, it's going to be a major plot point when the crab finally, like, says, I love you back. Aww. And Fitz understands. <laughs> I'm gonna die. That's my be... that's my prediction for how this this very silly goof of, of him talking to the crab all the time and, the, and yeah. not being able to understand the crab when it talks back. But at some point when he accepts his magic, maybe he'll be under, he'll be able to understand. I hope you're right, because that's the cutest thing I've heard. <laughs> put a pin in it. Put it on. Put it on the opposite side of the murder board. Put it on the sweet good stuff board. <laughs> um, let's see. 
Well, okay, my thing can go on the murder board because uh, it's a little bit shady. I liked mm-hmm. when they were at Barnes and Nobles and Argo wanted to see the sword. And I like <laughs> that Fitz jumped in to point out that Argo is a rogue, which one, God, Fitz, shut up. And two, <laughs> very real to be like, hey. Just just so you know, watch that guy. I feel like the mustache has got to be a dead giveaway. Like the people, <laughs> if you work in a story, you know, you just You're know. Like, <laughs> don't go to, don't let that one get too far away with uh, whatever he's asking to look at. <laughs> you hear that, everybody with a handlebar mustache? <laughs> Anna's watching you. They're either hipsters or rogues. <laughs> Ooh, Possibly I both. love that. <laughs> That's a new. That's some of our new merch. A mustache, and you think, oh, another mustache product underneath that says you're either a hipster or a rogue. <laughs> now all of a sudden it's funny. Now all of a sudden it's fresh and new. Look for that in our merch store that does not exist yet. <laughs> so then I think that takes us to our polls. So last time you girls asked everybody, what do you think is in that box? And the the winning answer by quite a bit was an enamel pin that says ass. I couldn't be more proud of the two of you for taking on this helm. That's a perfect answer. Thank you, everybody, for voting. You chose great. This time, let's help out our cosplayers. How do you picture the Cloak of Classy? We'll have that pull up over on our Twitter at Romancing Zone. Till next time, please have a safe and gorgeous candle nights, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Mm-hmm.